when it comes to as people eating well, eating healthy consistently, sometimes the secret behind that is how efficient it is. How easy is it to, how much energy do you have to put in to make it so, to make it a habit every day. When it comes to our dogs, Bella and Duke, they've made that easy for us. Hey there, welcome to Life Well Loved, the pet well-being podcast brought to you by Bella and Duke. My name's James Marriott, I'm your host as we adventure into the world of pet ownership with you and your cats and dogs. We'll be sniffing out expert knowledge from people like behaviourists, nutritionists and veterinary professionals as we explore how to do right by our pets covering everything from pet-centered nutrition to how to help them navigate the world around them. So, let's meet today's guest. So today, we are delighted to welcome Johanna Conte to the podcast. Quite a list here, I must say. So, former British number one tennis star, winning four singles on the WTA Tour, 11 singles and four doubles titles on the ITF women's circuit, semi-finalist at the Australian Open, the French Open and at Wimbledon, made it to number four in the world. Most importantly for us today, three lovely little dogs called Bono, Gizmo and Sydney. More about them later on. First of all, welcome along, Johanna. Thank you for having me. But like you said, exactly. Most importantly, are the the four legged furries. <laughs> it is. Um, I mean, obviously, it's it's an illustrious career there. I imagine you do a lot of these things, talking about tennis, talking about your career. Probably not so much talking about your dogs. Um, so, looking forward to getting into that. First of all, though, I mean, we've got to talk a little bit about your career because um, I mean, I, I described it as an illustrious career early on. Would you say that that's um, is that is that fair? You know what? I was very, very fortunate. I think um, I I got to experience some incredible highs in my career, which is not always a given when it comes to elite sport. Uh, I think uh, elite sport can be and anywhere where you want to excel really in something. You, it doesn't always necessarily mean that you work hard and you get the results. It, 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 a lot of a lot of other nuances come into that. Um, so I feel very, very fortunate that I got to achieve the things that I, I did. But I think the biggest uh, the biggest career um, uh, uh, like transition now and, and biggest uh, learning curve is actually becoming a mother in the last year. <laughs> that that's been the biggest that's been the biggest learning curve. But to be honest, um, Bono joined us during my career in end of 2018, and I would like to think that actually I had my best years on tour after he joined us. So <laughs> I don't know if it's anything to do with Bono. <laughs> It's all down to Bono. I should mention, by the way. So you've you've got you're you're going through teething at the moment. I, I mean, not you personally, but uh, yes. your uh, your baby's going through teething. So um, it's a hectic morning in the um, in in the Indeed. household. So um, thank you, thank you. For as I was time as I was walking here, you could you might have heard me uh, just uh, kind of humming and singing um, the Lion King <laughs> because that seems to be the only thing that's kind of just distracting her enough that she's not crying. That is just kind of she's in a in a state of like just listening so bless her she's she's having a having a tough <laughs> tough morning I, I do that most mornings anyway so uh, okay yeah, there that's, we go <laughs> that's, that's, that's thing. um so tell us a bit more about um Bono that I mean I'm particularly interested to to find out whether the name is related to the other Bono or not I mean it it, it can only be related because I think that is the only famous Bono or the the only person that we'd 
ever I think heard being called Bono is obviously Bono from U2 Bono. and I'm a massive U2 fan although I guess some people might find it offensive to be uh, to be named after a dog <laughs> uh, for, mm. uh, for their dog to be named after them I should say however in this instance it is the highest of praise it is honestly the highest of praise. <laughs> I think it's a great thing if you've got a name that that's worthy of a dog. But like, I don't think there's many dogs going around that are called James. Like if you call your dog James, <laughs> I mean that's pretty dull, isn't it? So um, yeah, fair, fair play to uh, fair play to Bono. Um, and then you've had two more that have kind of joined your pack since then. You've got Gizmo and you've got Sydney. Tell us a bit about them as well. Yes, so Gizmo, um, he joined, so Bono joined us at the end of 2018, and then Gizmo joined us uh, just before lockdown, actually, um, in 2020. And then Sydney, she joined us in the beginning of summer, end of May 2021. Actually, no, she was born then. Apologies. She joined us in July. She joined okay. us in the summer. She joined us in the summer, but uh, they've been brilliant. Um, Gizmo is another sausage dog, and uh, Sydney's a Hungarian Vizsla. And they are honestly brilliant. Um, Gizmo is the smallest dog we have. He's smaller than Bono. And he is definitely the alarm of the family. So, you know, we don't need a security system. We have Gizmo. Um, and what's really, really funny with the dynamic is that Sydney generally, I think, enjoys playing with Bono a bit more. Um, and it's usually them two that are playing, but Gizmo doesn't realize he's not invited and he's still kind of on the periphery, kind of growling and playing, but no one's actually, he's not fully involved. So he's just a funny, funny character. <laughs> There must be some kind of scientific study done somewhere that proves the theory that the smaller the dog, the more noise it manages to conjure up from somewhere. Don't know how they do it, but the smaller the dog, like they can make some serious noise, can't they? Oh, for sure. 100%. I mean, I think, bless him, when he was a puppy and we, we were taking him to the park to kind of socialise him with other dogs, I think he actually got bullied a bit in the sense that because he, he was quite small, a lot of dogs just kind of barged into him. So I think he's kind of had to learn to be loud and let other dogs and people know that he's there. Just so don't yeah. step on me. I am here. <laughs> um, but interestingly, actually, uh, Bono has got the biggest bark. Honestly, the, the amount of times when we, um, when we still lived in London in a flat and let's say a deliverer or someone would come to the door and they'd hear this bark, they'd, they'd, they'd open, like we'd open the door and they'd be like looking up and then they'd realize that the dog is down there. <laughs> it, it just, he, his bark doesn't match his stature. <laughs> <laughs> amazing, amazing. Where where does um where does raw food kind of fit into this journey then? So it all started with Bono and bless him. I guess it's it's kind of uh, first children is kind of the trial and error children in a in a way. <laughs> so bless him, he he definitely fit that bill. When we got him, he as a puppy he struggled with a few different ailments. So he just struggled a little bit with his digestive system. He he had kind of you know runny poos, just not not great bowel movements. His skin was a bit dry. His fur wasn't quite thick. It, the, there were just things that weren't. He just wasn't, he wasn't well. He didn't look well. Not that he was like severely ill, but he just didn't look right. And so um, we kind of went down this, my husband and I went down this rabbit hole of research and kind of really looking into well, what can we, what can we do to 
without putting him on a bunch of medication because we didn't want to do that. We, what, what can we do in his lifestyle? What can we give him that will just help nourish him and help him get better? And, and we landed on food and then we went down the rabbit hole of food and, and kind of what, what is, what should they be eating? What is good for them? What is kind of nourishing? And that's how we ended up at raw. And I cannot stress enough the, the night and day difference with, with this whole process that we've been through with him, we, we put him on raw food and we, I mean, within a week, just his mood, just his general energy, just the way his energy went through the day, there weren't massive spikes. He was sustained. He, he wasn't hyper. He honestly, it was, it was such a dramatic shift that it was incredible. His, then his bowel movements, I mean, cleared up within, I would wow. say within a couple of weeks and then his skin again, within let's say the month and then his fur, um, that definitely took longer, but now he's just a different dog. He, he, he just looks different. His teeth, everything, it just is oral hygiene and, and, and bless, you know, the other dogs, they haven't had to learn the hard way they, they've just been on raw from day one, but we actually, uh, uh, Sydney, we, we took Sydney into the vets not long ago because bless her, she was getting spayed. <laughs> um, oh. The vet gave her a check and she was like, she looks amazing. Her skin, her teeth and everything. She, she just looks amazing. And it really is true. I mean, it, it has been life changing for us seeing our dogs happy and especially Bono with the journey that we've been on with him. But just in, it's also been life changing for us because we know we're, we're, we're giving our dogs a good life. <laughs> I, uh, ahead of us having this conversation today, I sat down and thought, right, I need to find some, um, some, some way in which I can really smoothly connect being a professional tennis player and yes. feeding raw food to a dog. And I was like, right, how, how am I going to find a connection between these two? And then it hit me that there actually is, is something there because as an athlete, the way that you fuel yourself is, is really important, isn't it? And, um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that, you know, you were on all kinds of different diet plans and, and things like that. And, and that importance of what you put into your body in terms of what the outputs, um, you, you, you get from, from that. It is a similar sort of theory, isn't it? With how we go about feeding our pets, because, we know traditionally has been that tendency to kind of grab whatever's cheapest from the shop and you you just kind of you know you feed whatever that might be to your pets and and then you know over the last few years we've seen this move towards actually thinking hang on but you know that that's what what, what we get from our dogs is only as good as what we ultimately fuel them with so there is kind of a connection there isn't there 100% and i think um the biggest thing is is you want to be as people you want to be eating whole foods if you if you grab a packet of crisps off the, the shelf and you expect that packet of crisps to fuel you, fuel your mind, fuel your body, fuel the, the energy for the day, it's going to run up short. It, it, it's not going to do its job. Whereas if you, if you grab off the shelf whole foods and, and you make a meal for yourself out of it, like from vegetables, from, from fruit, from meat, from, from just, just whole foods in general, you are then going to be a different person that day because your body is running on fuel that it can use to perform for whatever you need it to perform. It's the same thing. It was, it's the same thing for dogs. You know, you, 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 you grab some biscuits off the, off the count, off the shelf. It's, 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 it's not going to have the same nutritional value. It's not going to have the same whole food effect and it's not going to sustain them in the same way. I think the biggest difference we saw actually also was um, how much less 
um, Bonner was drinking during the day. So when he was originally on biscuits, he, he, he was just going through buckets and buckets, loads of water just parched throughout the day. Mm. And it just showed of how dehydrating and how, how salty and how whatever it is in that, in, 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 in that kind of food, that processed food in a way, it, it, it's obviously not, not, um, ideal. Whereas as soon as he went on raw, the amount of water that he was intaking just dramatically dropped. And, and it was, that was a really interesting thing to just witness. But again, equally, um, like you said, equally with, with me as an athlete, it was the biggest thing for me was to make sure that I was eating whole foods that were going to give me the energy that I needed for the day. And whether that was recovery, whether that was training, whether that was matches, it was fueling for what you needed to do. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So you've got Bonner, you've got Gizmo, you've got Sydney, you mentioned, obviously you've got your little girl as well. That's kind of your, yes. your, your pack at the, at the moment. Any, any plans for any, uh, for any more furry friends to, uh, to join? Well, funny enough. So we, we also have, um, five hens and a rooster. Wow. <laughs> so we also have five hens and a rooster. And I think we are planning to get one more dog, but we are wanting to get a dog that is, I would say, has, has a more purposeful existence where we live. So whereas Bono, Gizmo, Sydney, they're the dogs of leisure. <laughs> okay. They are they are furries of leisure, you know, they 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 chase a ball, they lie in the sun and and all dogs I think should do that and get to do that, but there's not much else between that for them. I mean, again, if you ask Gizmo, I think he does think he's head of security. So yeah. um, I think we, yeah, we give that to him. He does a great job at that. <laughs> really respect that profession for him. Um, but I think the next dog we're going to get is maybe something that has more of a, a guarding instinct, to, maybe to do with poultry or things like that, because we, we are quite keen on getting a bit, a few more animals. So I think we're going to get something along those lines. It sounds like you're building a farm there to be. Uh, to be well, I mean, I'm, I'm not, totally up for that. Game for that. Yeah, I mean, well, I'd 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 say farm lightly, just because I would say a hobby farm more than anything. <laughs> I think it's going to be a hobby farm, a little homestead. I think that's what we what we what we'd love to do in the years to come and grow some more food and whatnot. But it's it's going to be a process. <laughs> There's um, probably a few. Uh, how could I? F- phrase this but but kind of people probably have a little bit of a belief around sausage dogs particularly um uh-huh. and maybe there's a few myths around them uh, as as well um if, if you could kind of bust one of those common myths what would it be oh depends how controversial we're gonna get <laughs> Ooh. oh well look let's 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 go controversial you know maybe the well, guardian will pick this up and run with it okay right? maybe um i think the I, having boy sausage dogs I think one of the best things that we did was not new to them. Um, and especially if we were going to new to them, we didn't go anywhere near that before the kind of year mark this, and 100% the six month age mark. And I think um, that is because sausage dogs, obviously their shape is prone for back issues. They have that, they have a very long spine and if they carry a lot of weight, if they, if they're, if they're not quite strong enough, fit enough, that is kind of their weak point. Um, and so for us, if you, if you looked at the research and we did a lot of research, um, a lot of the sausage dogs that had 
it was like a very high number, like one out of every three sausage dogs has a back problem or something quite high. But then if you looked at that number, the it was like almost all of those sausage dogs that had that back problem had been neutered at a very young age. And to me, it does make logical sense in the, in, in the way that, well, they need to build muscle mass as an athlete. You actually need to, you need to be strong. You need to build muscle to be able to support your bones, support your body, support what you need to do. And if you take away the testosterone from the boys, from the boy dogs, then they're going to struggle to build up that muscle density, that muscle mass, that strength to be able to support their back, to be able to support their joints. Um, and so that was, I think, one of the best things we've done. And knock on wood, we haven't had any back issues with either our, either, either of our boys. And and our boys, I mean, are pretty robust They and they're boisterous. I mean, they're jumping up and down couches, ledges, uh, <laughs> walls, uh, fences. And, and so we didn't also, we, uh, except when he was, when they were both very little, when we were just careful in how much they jumped up and down off of higher things, we actually, um, along with their diet, um, and keeping them intact, we then encouraged them to go upstairs, go downstairs. We encourage them to to build up muscle, to build up strength in their body. Um, and they're pretty ripped, our boys, <laughs> I have to say. They're pretty, they're pretty, pretty <laughs> muscular. <laughs> Amazing. I, I love just how many um similarities we found between dogs and athletes, which is uh yes, which is brilliant. Exactly. We're searching around for one. We've had we've had loads of them. Um a couple more questions that I wanted to um ask you, Johanna. Um so first of all, we've talked a little bit obviously about um raw. Just a word specifically on Bella and Duke, if we can do, and 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 what it what it was as to why you decided that that was the the, the, the brand for your dogs. Um, so I think when you go down the rabbit hole of raw, I think you you will find that there's a lot of different options available. There's there's things that are very just kind of the meat, uh, offal, bones based, and and while that is the main staple of the dog's diet, I think you you again in the in the um, nature of completeness, you want them to have a bit of injected other things in there. You want, you want a bit of veg, you want a bit of fruit, you want, you want just a bit more completeness to that meal. And that's where I think we were coming up short a little bit until we found Bella and Duke. And they, they just find such an amazing balance with giving the dogs. And I think they do also cat food, don't they? But for us, it was always dogs, giving the dogs the the real bulk of what they need, but also giving them that little extra, that giving them those 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 extra minerals, those extra vitamins that just complete a meal. And therefore, there's no danger of them being deficient in anything. And um, and also the way the way their subscription service works is is so easy and so brilliant and it's it's there when you need it and you can literally it's been great because we've had a few house moves so we can actually adjust how much we ask for um per shipment and how long we can have between shipments um so now we have a massive chest freezer so now we're like okay bring in a big shipment and we can wait for ages but originally we only had a small freezer so we're like okay we need a little bit less so it's really user-friendly for us it makes it easy uh, and and really you don't have to think a lot about it. But then I know that our dogs are getting exactly what they need. And you can also input, I remember when I was setting up the profile, you can input their weights, their ages, and it tracks, you know, it tracks everything. And, and so 
again, I think when it comes to as people eating well, eating healthy consistently, it, sometimes the secret behind that is how efficient it is. How easy is it to, how much energy do you have to put in to make it so, to make it a habit every day? And when it comes to our dogs, Bella and Duke have made that, they've made that easy for us. So it, it doesn't take energy as owners to stay on top of it. it, it and, and, and therefore it, it, it just, it's a win-win situation. They're getting what they need and, and we're not breaking ourselves to, to, to really stay on top of it. <laughs> Amazing. It's so good to hear that. And, and, and finally, um, just, just a word on, on you and the future, I guess, because obviously at the moment, um, it, it sounds like you've, you've got your hands fairly full in, in retirement with, uh, <laughs> with Bonner, with Gizmo, with Sydney, with your collection of roosters and hens, with your little yes. girl as well. Yes. Um, but, um, yeah, any other kind of future plans at the moment? I think future plans probably involve more kids, more chickens, <laughs> more dogs. Brilliant. <laughs> um, and hopefully, who, who needs hopefully anything a more cow, than that? a cow, hopefully a cow and a pig in there somewhere. <laughs> Brilliant. Fantastic. Love it. Uh, would love to do an update when you've got your pig and your cow and, and, and the full and the full pack is uh, is formed. Perfect. Um, okay. It would be uh, it would be brilliant. <laughs> Johanna, it's been fantastic to uh, to chat to you. Thanks ever so much for your time today, um, and thank, thank you for you. joining us. Thank you for having me. Well, that wraps up this episode of Life Well Loved. Thank you very much for listening. You can find out more about us at bellaandduke.com and don't forget to hit follow so you get all our new episodes every fortnight. Thanks for listening. I look forward to seeing you again soon. Bye.